With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. All right, guys. Welcome back to the Liz Wheeler Show. I'm Liz Wheeler. If you haven't already subscribed to the show, please do that before we get started. Just grab your smartphone, hit subscribe on Apple Podcasts or on Spotify. On YouTube, hit subscribe and hit that bell so I can notify you every time we drop a new episode, which is Monday through Friday, or an interview or a video. We have tons of new content for you. On rumble.com slash Liz Wheeler, you can not only subscribe, which I appreciate, there's a little red button next to the subscribe button that allows you to join the Liz Wheeler Show community on Locals, a VIP community. We have lots going on there, extended segments, VIP content, lots of good stuff. Um, Welcome to everybody who has been joining, by the way. We have a lot of new faces over there. Okay, for today's show, have I got a conspiracy theory about Ukraine for you? Before we even get into that, the funny thing is the words themselves, that phrase conspiracy theory, have kind of lost their sting. If you had told me 10 years ago that people would be slinging this word conspiracy theory at me for everything that I said, I would have probably been like mortally wounded. I would have been like, what have I done with my reputation? Why is it in tatters? Now, are those words even an insult? Are they a compliment? I mean, if you you look at the, the track record over the past five, six years, all the things, all the conspiracy theories that we were told were conspiracy theories or the things we were told were conspiracy theories have come true. They Maybe were conspiracies, but they weren't conspiracy theories. Like the Hunter Biden laptop story. What were we told about that? We were told it was a conspiracy theory. What were we told about the fact that COVID-19 came from a lab in Wuhan, China, the Wuhan Institute of Virology? We were told it was a conspiracy theory. What were we told when we said, well, Fauci's NIH gave a grant to EcoHealth Alliance, which subcontracted that grant to the Wuhan Institute of Virology for essentially gain-of-function research on bat-derived coronaviruses? We were told that was a conspiracy theory, but it's true. When we said the FBI tried to entrap Trump, they spied on Trump during 2015 and then after he was inaugurated in 2016, we were told that was a conspiracy theory, but it wasn't, it was true. When we talked about electioneering in the 2020 election, specifically specifically in Wisconsin, we were told, oh, that's a conspiracy theory, but the Wisconsin Supreme Court found that it was in fact true. All of these different things. I mean, I could go on and on. We could probably do a whole show just about this. We're not going to right now. But we could go on and on about this, this entire list. So the question, I guess, is should we even be insulted by the term conspiracy theory? Is that something that should cause us to rethink what we're talking about? I don't know. When it comes to these past stories, when I was called a conspiracy theorist and then it turned out to be true, the the phrase conspiracy theorist just made me feel like I had tremendous insight um, and sharp, accurate analysis in the face of really harsh political pushback. So in other words, the phrase conspiracy theory to me has been neutralized. Um, In fact, I'm pretty proud of myself, and you should be too, for having called those political stories. The Hunter Biden laptop story, the Fauci-funded, the Wuhan Institute of Virology, the FBI targeting Trump, you know, electioneering in Wisconsin. Having a history and a track record of analyzing things correctly, especially in the midst midst of uh, an environment of propaganda, that's a good thing. You should be very proud of it. I know I'm proud of it too. So what we're gonna do today, though, 
Today, we're going to analyze a conspiracy theory, explore a conspiracy theory that went absolutely viral on Twitter. I'm talking like in the first 24 hours that this tweet thread was published, it reached over 7 million people. That's just in the first 24 hours. Like not even, I'm not even um, tracking it at this point. Now, the author of this Twitter thread contends that there's a conspiracy behind the war in Ukraine. His contention is that the real reason that the U.S. federal government is giving away all of our money to Ukraine, sending tanks now to fight Russia, uh, even though the whole war itself is asinine and none of us want to die in a nuclear fireball over a border dispute in Ukraine, he's contending that the real reason behind this is because the U.S. has bio labs in Ukraine, sort of a partnership with Ukraine, in which they create pathogens, at least U.S. actors, maybe not the government itself, creates pathogens to release on the world. And the author of this thread contends that Big Pharma is not only a, complicit in this, they, they know about it in advance so they can preconceive cures in order to profit off it. Now listen, there's a lot here. But when nearly 10 million people around Twitter alone are reading this, um, we're going to break this down fully. We are going to we are going to analyze what's true, what's questionable. We're going to sec- separate fact from inference, and then we're going to give a rating, an overall rating on whether or not this is true. Um, also, also a we're going to talk about a humongous legal victory for conservatives against Joe Biden's weaponized Department of Justice. In fact, that's the best news that I've heard all week. So let's get to it. Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere. And each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void or prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Okay. Before we get to any of that, I don't know if you guys saw this video. This is one of the funniest things that I've seen. This is a 59-year-old man out of Finland who identifies as a woman who goes by the name um, Minna Maria. And this 59-year-old man um, is fulfilling a childhood dream that he had of being an ice princess. This is a real story. This is absolutely factual. This is, this is happening before our very eyes. And this 59-year-old transgender ice skater, ice princess, is performing in front of audiences at some of the most prominent ice skating events around the world. Take a look. Nice Morissa. Vaikka syntyperäisin oinkin mies. Ja tuota, sieltä on niin kuin yhdeksän vuotta aikaa, eli siihen yhdeksään vuoteen sisältyy aika paljon. Eli kun lähdetään ihan nollasta, niin ihan jo sitä, että pysyy pystyssä kahdella jalalla, pysyy pystyssä yhdellä jalalla ja sen jälkeen rupeaa niin kuin uskaltamaan tehdä jotakin siellä jäällä. Ja sitten alkaa pikkuhiljaa kisaamaan ja esiintymään näytöksissä ja niin edelleen. Että sanotaan, että aika kivaa. I actually feel a little bit bad for him here. I'm laughing, but I also feel bad. Väliin, että se sitten He's falling and he can't get up on the ice. Mutta tuota, eteenpäin mennään ja homma jatkuu. Mahtavaa. Näiden EM-kisojen slogan on tule sellaisena kuin ole. Okay, I do feel, I do feel a 
the tiniest bit of sympathy for him when he falls. I have to admit, I'm a compassionate person and he couldn't get up on the ice. That's, that's, it's sad. But a couple of things. First of all, um, that's a man. That's a man right there. But the craziest part of that video is not the nutty man, the nutty old man actually, who thinks that he's an ice princess. It is all the people in this arena pretending that he is a woman when he doesn't, he, he, he's not. He's not. It's absolutely bonkers um, for people to pretend that. Like, is this is this the condition that the human race is in that we have just decided to allow an old man to pretend to be an ice princess? And we're just gonna say, okay, you are what you are. For your enjoyment, here's an extra picture of Mina Maria um, performing at a different time. In fact, performing in Japanese white face. Now this is gonna just blow the woke, blow the woke mind here because do you support this man because his identity is transgender or do you cancel this man because for cultural appropriation? I would love to hear the woke debate on this, but take a look at this. So what do you, which do you think wins? Do you think in, in, the, in the game of intersectionality, which is a higher priority? Transgender or cultural appropriation? I don't know, I don't know. Appar well, apparently the question has already been answered. I mean, I'm asking it, but uh, they're, letting this, they're letting this old man pretend to be a nice princess, so I guess we have our answer. Um, okay, okay, let's talk about this good news. So a lot of the time, or often I should say, I get people asking, like, can, can we talk about the good news? Can we talk about the victories that we win? We talk about corruption all the time, we talk about bad things, we, we expose people for doing um, dangerous things, we oppose legislation that would be dangerous, et cetera, et cetera. What about the good things? What about our victories? Well, they don't need to be talked about as much because they don't require our attention. Victories don't require our attention, but I totally hear you. And this is the best news that I've heard all week. Mark Houck, who is the pro-life man who was targeted by Biden's Department of Justice, um, has been acquitted on both charges. Now, we talked about this case several months ago when right before it was about to go to court. It's a simply horrendous case. This guy, Mark Houck, is a Catholic man. He's married. He's the father of seven. They're a homeschooling family. And... Um, he's the founder of, of a group called the King's Men, which is healing. It's a, it's a group that helps uh, young men with healing from porn addiction and promotes Christian virtues among men. So in other words, this guy's a good dude. He's doing good things and he's trying to share, he's trying to share his, his, his bountiful blessings with other people. So every Wednesday, he drives two hours to the city of Philadelphia in order to sidewalk counsel the entire day, six to eight hours outside of abortion clinics. Um, yes, so now you can see why he's the target of the Department of Justice. So what happened to beget this whole kerfuffle is he had a little bit of an altercation with um, an activist, an abortion activist who was, who was outside of the clinic, who was going to accompany women who were seeking abortions into, into the clinic. But this, this, this person who was not a clinic employee, he was a volunteer, 
um, instead started harassing Mark Houck and his, his son, his young son who was there. This, this, um, this abortion activist came up to Mark Houck and was shouting profanities in his face, and he was saying horrendous things to Mark Houck's son. I think I have some of the quotes here of what he said. He said, your dad is a gay slur that starts with an F. Um, and Mark Houck said, listen, sir, you don't have permission to uh, speak to my child. You need to move away from my child. And what happened is the pro-abortion activist got in the 12-year-old son, Mark Houck's son's face, and was just screaming these obscenities. So Mark defended his child. Of course, he protected his child against this rabid adult. Um, and he, he shoved the guy away from the child and the guy fell, fell backwards. He was not hurt, but he tried to sue Mark. He tried to sue Mark and the case was thrown out actually. This was last year. The case was thrown out by a district court in Philadelphia. But then Joe Biden's Department of Justice run by one of the corrupt, most corrupt men in the country, Merrick Garland, picked this up and charged Mark with violations of the FACE Act. Now, the FACE Act, that's an acronym for the Freedom of Access to Clinic Entrances Act, um, which makes it a federal crime, and I'm gonna quote from the statute here, to injure, intimidate, and interfere with anyone because that person is a provider of reproductive health care. Now, this, this law, the intention of this law was to protect abortion uh, clinic workers and, and women who were seeking abortion from physical harassment. There are already laws against that, so it's mostly a law that was intended as, as virtue signaling and intended to target pro-lifers because it's obviously already against the law to, to, physically, um, to physically hold someone back or to touch them without their permission. So I'm, I'm not sure why this law was necessary. I think it was not necessary, but... Um, if you're convicted of this, then you can serve, uh, you can serve, uh, Mark Houck faced a maximum sentence of 11 years in prison, um, fines up more than a quarter of a million dollars if he was convicted. He, of course, contended that he was not guilty of this, that he was just defending his child, but Merrick Garland was not interested in the truth here. So fast forward, Merrick Garland doesn't just charge him, he sends, uh, FBI agents, like 20, 30 FBI agents to Mark Houck's house at the break of dawn with rifles out. They grab Mark Houck in front of his children, pull him out of his house. As his wife and children are looking on, his children are freaked out. This is so traumatic for them. Um, he was, he, his wife asked for the warrant. The FBI agents at first refused to even give her a warrant. Then when they did, they showed her briefly just the first page and said they were gonna take him to the FBI headquarters in Philadelphia anyway. It was horrendous and traumatic and a clear, obvious example of the Biden Department of Justice being weaponized against conservatives and Christians and pro-lifers. Anybody who opposes Biden's radical leftist agenda, which includes abortion up to the moment of birth for any reason. Mark Houck went to court. This was brought to court. After a week-long trial, he was acquitted on both charges. This is great news. It's a, it's a horrendous story that ended well, that ended with justice being served, that ended with Merrick Garland having egg on his face, an embarrassment. The Biden administration is humiliated, has been humiliated with this verdict, and this verdict is just. The Biden administration was trying to criminally punish someone just because they, didn't, just because they don't like his politics and his religion and they lost. And that, my friends, is, is reason to celebrate. We don't often get, um, get this, this kind of celebration, but the moral of the story here is, remember, the Biden administration 
is weaponizing the Department of Justice and the federal government against us. But moreover, they're, they're targeting people like Mark Houck to frighten the rest of us. They're using, they're trying to use someone in the pro-life movement as an example so that everyone else is too afraid to take part in the pro-life movement. They're trying to, to bully us and coerce us into abandoning our beliefs um, because, we're too, because we're fearful about the repercussions. So the moral of the story is do not back down. Our system of justice does still work, even though there are corrupt uh, bureaucrats that sometimes are in charge of it and certainly embedded into it. It doesn't mean that the system itself is wrong. The system itself um, sometimes comes through. Also, I don't know if you guys saw this. This is really funny. Harmeet Dillon, who unfortunately just lost the race to be RNC chair, Ronna Romney McDaniel, defeated her. But after her loss, her Twitter account, she's so authentic and so funny on her Twitter account, but she tweeted um, earlier today that her her billable hours, meaning the, the time that she spends being an attorney for other people, not just being in politics, her billable hours were essentially non-existent last month, thanks to the fact that she was so dedicated to, to running this challenge to McDaniel at the RNC. And she's like, so my billable hours were about nothing. So if you need uh, an attorney who's, who's willing to fight, you know, give me a call, give me a call, which I found to be the most hilarious tweet because Harmeet Dillon is probably the busiest woman in the nation. She does more for more conservative causes than almost anybody that I know. But the moral of that story is there are people willing to fight for you if you are willing to stand up for your values, even in the face of, even in the face of bullying from the Biden administration. It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere. And each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void or prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Okay. So... Let's talk about this conspiracy theory, this very, very viral conspiracy theory about the war in Ukraine. Is it a conspiracy theory or is it a theory about a conspiracy? We're going to break it down. So I've been waiting to talk to you guys about this since this since I first saw this viral thread on Twitter, and it was published by uh, an account. The account username is War Clandestine. So you can go to twitter.com slash War Clandestine. You can read along if you want with this with this thread. Uh, I believe the last time I checked, it was his it was his pinned thread, but you'll know which one it is when I start reading. This, this thread has gone viral. It's been viewed nearly by nearly 10 million people just in the first 24 hours that it was posted. So um, I've gotten a lot of questions from you guys about what I think about this. Is this true? Is it a conspiracy theory? What do we make of this? And so I thought, okay, well, let's, let's sit down together and actually um, do together what I or do together what I do to analyze these things. Let's sort through what's fact, what's verified, what's unverified, what's unverifiable, and um, I'll give you my take. I'll give you my analysis. You can, I'll, I'll share my thought process with you. So what I'm going to do is I'm going to read through 
the tweets that he tweeted in this tweet thread and um, we'll analyze it as we go. At the end, I'll tell you what my full take on the thread is. Okay, so he starts out by saying, allow me to address why U.S. establishment politicians are sending tanks, jets, weapons, equipment, and $100 plus billion to Ukraine. It has nothing to do with Ukrainian citizens and everything to do with deep state assets and secrets in Ukraine. He says, let's go back to when and where it all began. Flashback to 2005. Then Senator Obama and Senator Luger visited former Soviet biological and chemical facilities in Ukraine and established the U.S. deep state roots in Ukraine to quote-unquote counter bioweapons. Okay, so let's pause there for one second. In this second tweet, there are two claims made, three claims made. The first claim is that Senator Obama and Senator Luger visited the Soviet, visited, visited Russia. That's true. That's verifiably true. That's a fact. Um, that while they were, while they were in Ukraine, or I should say they visited Ukraine, um, they visited Ukraine and they, they visited these chemical facilities, these, these former bioweapons labs. That is also true. Okay. Verifiable. True. And then he says, and while they were there, they established U.S. deep state roots in Ukraine. That is an inference. That is not a verifiable fact. We'll get, we'll get to which, which are important and which are not, but I want to establish what is fact and what is inference. There is, there's no evidence provided in this tweet thread that they established U.S. deep state roots in Ukraine. Doesn't mean it's not true, but no evidence in this particular thread. Okay, moving on. When speaking of the labs in 2005, here's how they were described by the Washington Post. The labs were, quote, part of a Cold War network of anti-plague stations that supplied highly lethal pathogens to Soviet bioweapons factories. So when Russia does anti-plague research, it's bioweapons. That's all true. All of these bioweapons labs in Ukraine, and, and perhaps we should, we should actually step out of this thread, thread for a second and say about a year ago, this same Twitter account did, published a similarly viral thread talking about the U.S. bioweapons labs in Ukraine or the U.S.-affiliated bioweapons labs in Ukraine. And at the time, um, all these fact checkers from all these mainstream media outlets said that's not true, that's, that's false, there are no U.S. bioweapons labs in Ukraine. And it turns out there are. It turns out that the U.S. Embassy in Ukraine actually had on their website confirmation that there are U.S. bioweapons labs in Ukraine, that the U.S. took control of former Soviet bioweapons labs. So um, that's sort of the background uh, of this secondary thread. After that first thread went viral, that in the pre-Elon Twitter days, Twitter kicked war clandestine off Twitter. Just three days ago, he was restored. He was finally brought back in, in the, obviously, Elon Musk Twitter era or Elon era of Twitter. And he does, he publishes this second, this second thread. So it is true that um, there, there are bioweapons labs in Ukraine and that they were part of a Cold War network of anti-plague stations, which was just a front for bioweapons research. Okay, let's jump back into the thread. But when the U.S. does, quote-unquote, defensive, gain-of-function, directed evolution research, it's not bioweapons. This was the narrative from the mainstream media. In 2005, the Washington Post admits that anti-plague research results in the production of highly lethal pathogens, a.k.a. bioweapons. Well, it seems they changed their tune in 2022. So that part's true as well. This is, this is just objective analysis or uh, empirical observation of a narrative from the left that has changed. And it's also true to identify that the narrative from the left, when they engage in any kind of gain of function research or directed evolution, this is what we, this is what we heard from them um, after the Project Veritas video dropped, where that guy from Pfizer said that 
Pfizer was exploring doing directed evolution um, with monkeys and COVID-19, the defense the left gives is that, oh, we, we do this to keep people safe. We do this not because we're developing something to be levied as a weapon against, a bioweapon against people, but because we're doing this in case our enemies develop this so that we can more quickly protect people with either a drug, some kind of therapeutic, or a vaccine. So he's identifying properly that this is the, this is the evolution of the narrative. That's true. Back to the thread. The U.S., he says, led by Obama, passed the Nunn-Luger Cooperative Threat Reduction Act of 2005. The U.S. took over former Soviet labs and facilities, supposedly to destroy stockpiles of nuclear, chemical, and biological weapons in Ukraine. That is all true. That is fact. He goes on to say, Obama opened the floodgates for the deep state, created biological weapons programs with the Ukrainian government, and established connections for U.S. oligarchs to build bio-lab companies in the lawless land of Ukraine. Companies like Biden's Metabiota. Okay, whoa, whoa. Put a pin on this one for a second. So let's take this one line by line. Obama opened the floodgates for the deep state. Well, you could argue that that's true. That's certainly true. I mean, he did that by, um, by expanding the administrative state in the United States. He did that by appointing in existing administrative state agencies, really political actors who took advantage of the rulemaking process and used that um, basically to control our lives. Certainly, Obama opened the floodgates for the deep state. That, that, that I, I would rate that as true. Um, created biological weapons programs with the Ukrainian government and established connections for U.S. oligarchs to build biolab bio companies in the lawless land of Ukraine. That's inference. That's inference right there. Now, when I say something's inference, I'm not, I'm, I'm using that word, um, I'm using that word more like I would use speculation because it's simply not, it's simply not uh, verified. There's simply not, or in this tweet thread, there's not verified evidence. So when I say inference, I mean, yes, there's, there's many facts that might point in that direction, but it is not one plus one equals two. It's one plus one plus something else equals what? And he's, he's filling in just one too many, one too many variables without providing the evidence. Again, doesn't mean it's not true. It just means that it's very important to identify which things are fact and verifiable and which things are inference when you're building an overall argument for something. So then he says, then the situation turned sour. Under US supervision, Ukraine fell into civil war in February of 2014. In the disarray of war, State Department, Clinton, and the CIA took full control of Ukraine's government. Newland, that's Victoria Newland, facilitated a regime change. All of that is true. That is accurate. He says, Victoria Newland, who spilled the beans on the fear of Russian forces getting their hands on the biological research in Ukraine, engineered the color revolution in Ukraine. They started a civil war, then picked their puppet to run the government, creating a deep state proxy. So, Part of this is, is factual. When he said Newland spilled the beans on the fear of Russian forces getting their hands on biological research, that's true. Um, she, she testified, in fact, in the Senate, I believe questioned by Marco Rubio, and she admitted that, yes, they, they, Russian, they, U.S. fears the Russian forces getting their hands on this, this bioweapons research, biological research, which we know means bioweapons. Um, then she says, or then uh, War Clandestine, not she, he says, now, with complete control of the Ukrainian government, then the Bidens began their dirty work. Biden visited Ukraine 13 plus times, securing U.S. funding for Ukrainian oligarchs, then used his power to fire a state prosecutor who figured out Biden's kickback laundering scheme. All of that is true. 
We, we've played that, that video right there a million times on the show, showing Biden threatening um, the prosecutor in Ukraine who was going to investigate Hunter Biden. We know Hunter Biden has zero experience in the energy industry, and yet he was paid a ton of money to sit on the board of Burisma, and that's not the only one. Of course the Bidens were corruptly profiting from Ukraine. That's true. Then this thread says, so the reason why all of our tax dollars are in Ukraine is because Ukraine is a deep state proxy controlled by the ruling families of the DNC and Soros. They are trying to protect their assets, secrets in Ukraine, most consequential of which is their biological activity. It is Ryan here and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void were prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on chumbacasino.com. I looked over the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's ChumbaCasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. VGW. Void or prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Uh, this particular tweet in its entirety is speculation. This tweet is, 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 it's not even inference. It's just speculation. This is, a, this is a pretty big jump. And listen, when I'm analyzing this, I'm being extremely clinical. You know, you know me, you know my analysis, you know that I'm a natural born skeptic. And then on top of it being a natural skeptic, I have seen the abuse of government that has been levied against me and my family and you and your families and our communities and our children, how government has been harnessed to abuse us based on our political and religious views. Um, you know I believe that most of the institutions in our nation have been captured by Marxist ideology. So far be it from me to be a skeptic when someone suggests that there is corruption begot of, of government bureaucrats. At the same time, it's necessary and prudent and honest to analyze what is fact and what is inference in a thread like this because, especially because when there is speculation, um, it needs to be verified. Otherwise, the claim is not, is not a report. The claim is an opinion or the claim is, well, a theory. It's not actually, it's not actually fact. It's not actually, this is what's happening. It's, is this? What's happening and how do we figure out if that is the case? Um, so this particular tweet is speculation. So this war clandestine thread goes on to say, the reason the US mainstream media went all out pro-Ukraine is because the media is owned by the pharma companies via advertisement money. The pharma companies who rely on the bio labs in Ukraine to create pathogens so their vaccine scheme can profit. The only part of that um, particular tweet that's verifiably true is that the media is owned by pharma companies via advertisement money. That is simply a fact. That is true. Um, almost any, almost any media that you can think of. Um, but the rest is speculation. The pharma companies rely on bio labs in Ukraine to create pathogens so their vaccine scheme can profit. That is, that is, that is pure speculation. That's inference. 
he goes on to say, the reason the FBI and the DHS went full Orwell and weaponized big tech to censor all reporting on the bio labs in Ukraine is because the intel community is compromised by the deep state. The deep state who can't let people find out about their pathogen production scheme. Again, the beginning of that tweet, 100% accurate. Intel community is in fact compromised by the deep state, but is the deep state um, an active participant in producing pathogens? Show me the proof. If you show me the proof, I'm happy to, I'm happy to buy into this. And um, I found this, I find this thread to be very interesting, but there are some things that are, that are speculation and that have not been, um, that have not been confirmed. And we're going to talk about where those, those speculations, that inference, the allegations come from in, in just a second. Let me just finish these last couple tweets. He says, the reason the House Democrats and the DNC went insane and impeached Trump over making a single phone call to Zelensky in Ukraine is because they couldn't allow Trump to stoop around and investigate their deep state proxy. Trump was on to whatever they were hiding, aka bioweapons. So again, all of that tweet is, is true until the last little bit. Not that it's not true, but it's, it's speculation. It's not verifiable fact. The rest of it's true. Um, then he says, the reason Zelensky ordered the Ukrainian Ministry of Defense to destroy all state documents affiliated with U.S. biolab companies, Metabiota and Battelle, the day the missiles started flying is because he knew Putin was looking for the bioweapons. Yeah, that's probably true. Uh, he said, the reason the WHO advised Ukraine to destroy all their pathogens at the labs that the mainstream media said didn't exist is because the WHO knew Putin was looking for the bioweapons, the same WHO that created a global medical police state due to COVID-19. All that's true. As you can see, there's a lot of good stuff in this thread. Um, he then goes on to say, Big Pharma, the mainstream media, Big Tech, the intelligence community, Zelensky, the World Health Organization, the NIH, and deep state politicians are all working together to accomplish the same goal, to cover up the criminal biological weapons production in Ukraine, all the entities who happened to benefit from COVID-19. Now, that's the culmination of his speculation. It's true that many of these entities profited or benefited, at least ideologically, maybe with power, from COVID-19 and how governments handled COVID-19. Um, but his, his full allegation is that Ukraine is actually producing pathogens that they intentionally release around the world with, and pharma's in full knowledge of this so that they can preemptively create um, therapeutics or vaccines to profit off of this. He, he concludes by saying, this is why these entities are hyper-defensive about all things related to COVID-19, biological research and Ukraine. It's not because they're being, um, it's not because, it's because, or it's because he says we are close to the proof of their crimes against humanity for which the punishment is harsh. So his conclusion is opinion. Now, if this is an editorial, if this is, if this is an op-ed, that's fine. This is, this is, this is a theory that he's proposing. If he's proposing this as fact, then my analysis of this is, this is very interesting. I retweeted this on Twitter because I thought people would be interested in it. It's plausible. It's not, it's not implausible, but it leaves many questions that need to be answered. Here are a couple of the questions that I have. What's the point of a U.S. bioweapons program? Why partner with Ukraine? What's, what's in it for Ukraine and what's in it for us? Of all, of all, the, of all the places to partner with, why Ukraine? Um, does the deep state that he mentions profit from this? And if so, how? Is it, is it, is it financially? Is it, is it power? Is it ideologically? Um, and then this is a pretty big allegation to make the allegation that pharma is in the know in creating pathogens. Now, the Project Veritas tapes make that a little more believable because we hear a, a Pfizer employee talking about trying this directed evolution, this creation of a different strain of COVID-19 so that they can create a vaccine to respond to that. 
Um, so it makes it a little more believable, but it's believable because there's video proof of it. And I don't think it would be as accepted, and maybe it shouldn't be, if it was an allegation and there wasn't the video proof. And finally, who's behind this? So th this, this kind of conspiracy that he's talking about would have to be coordinated by someone. So who is that? So my final analysis is this. This is a theory. This is a theory. It is built on some fact, the facts that we identified, but it hinges on some serious inferences. And here's where the real, the real problem arises. The speculation or the inferences on which this thread hinges are actually allegations from the Russian government. The Russian government is the one that first proposed the idea that the bioweapons labs in Ukraine were um, a front for US, the US creating not just bioweapons, I think that that part's probably true, but that they were actively disseminating these, these pathogens, these created pathogens in order to profit what they termed to be US oligarchs, like Hillary Clinton and Barack Obama and Joe Biden and George Soros, I believe is, is who the Russian government named in this. Now, just because the Russian government made the original allegation, does that automatically mean that the allegation is untrue? No, not necessarily. I mean, the Russian government is controlled by Putin. Putin is a master of propaganda, but part of propaganda is, is, is liberally using truth to build your propaganda. It's only at the very end of using the truth that you twist it into something that's not true in order to, to make it palatable or believable to people because most of what you're telling them is true in propaganda. Um, so does that mean that the allegations from Russia are automatically untrue because they're from Russia? No, not necessarily. But does it mean that we, as American citizens, should believe what Russia is saying without verification? No. The answer to that is no. So are those inferences on which the war clandestine thread hinged, um, are, these, are these allegations from the Russian government verified in the thread? And the answer to that is no. The allegations that the Russian government originally presented, which serve as the, the foundation of this thread, are simply accepted because the Russian government said them. Um, or simply accepted because of this fundamental skepticism of how the mainstream media and the democratic left have behaved, not just around COVID, but um, by weaponizing the power of the federal government against the American citizens. So overall, how would I rate this thread? I would rate this thread a six out of 10. There's a lot of truth and a lot of fact in it, but there are a lot of inferences that have not been verified. And the origin of the allegations is the Russian government and there's no verification. Uh, and there's, there's no benefit of the doubt that I would give the Russian government without verification. Now, zooming out on this, on this whole conversation, the reason that we're sitting here and talking about this is because so many people read this thread, including me. I found this thread to be very interesting. I actually sent it to a couple of friends when I first read it. The reason so many people read it is because our government, our federal government has betrayed our trust because there is a deep state. There is a swamp. That's, that's the other name for the administrative state where these bureaucrats, these unelected, unaccountable bureaucrats that are essentially unfireable do things. They either create rules and regulations or they abuse their positions of power and use our money to do things that, that harm us. Things that they have no authority to do. Whether, whether this is on Ukraine, whether this is on COVID, whether this is the forever wars that they're constantly fighting, um, whether it's financial, whether it's moral, 
our government has betrayed our trust. And so when people read something like this, they're more likely to believe it. And there's many things that are verifiably true in this thread. There's many things that you should believe in this. Um, now, here's the thing. I reached out to this Twitter account, War Clandestine, to ask some questions, to ask for verification, and um, trying to stay ahead of this story as I saw how viral this was going on Twitter. Now, this is the Twitter account itself is um, a pseudonym, War Clandestine, but the author of this thread, the guy behind this account, is not anonymous. It's a guy by the name of Jacob Creech, who is the author, and he agreed to come on the show. He agreed to sit down to an interview so that we could sit, so that we could uh, chew on this, so that we could push and pull this, talk about this. And this is partly how I conduct my research, how I stay ahead of this stuff, is taking risks on doing interviews like this, um, talking to people who, who don't necessarily have um, not the resume, because I don't, not the resume to, to present themselves, but um, who, who don't have, who don't have a reputation build up uh, that precedes them. And so I thought to myself, who is this guy? Is this guy a nut? Is this guy, you know, totally legit? Is this, is this, is this thread totally legit? Let's talk about some of the questions here. Made me think, made 7 million, almost 10 million other people think. It's, it's worth a conversation. So I sat down with him, talked to him for a while about this thread. You can find that full interview on Locals. It's available at lizwheelershow.com slash locals if you want to hear that. It was an interesting conversation. I think you'll probably enjoy it. And one thing is for sure. One thing is certain. The war in Ukraine is corrupt. The war in Ukraine is an atrocity. The war in Ukraine shouldn't be what it is. And it is what it is thanks to corrupt US politicians. Yes, Putin was wrong to invade, but Zelensky, Zelensky is a hoax. The, the Ukrainian people might be incredibly brave, incredibly courageous, incredibly dedicated to fighting for their own sovereignty. That's fine, that's admirable. But Zelensky is a hoax. Zelensky is actively endangering the Ukrainian people by what he's doing. Zelensky, if he gets his way, will escalate this war. The United States, you and I potentially will be pulled into a war with Russia, potentially a nuclear war if Zelensky gets his way. And Zelensky is getting his way with US politicians. He is getting everything that he's asking for and more. US politicians aren't attaching any strings to what they're giving him, any strings to the money, any strings to the tanks that they're sending him. Why shouldn't Vladimir Putin look at what US politicians are doing, giving Ukraine the arms to kill Russian soldiers? Why shouldn't Putin sit there and say, well, that's the US killing my soldiers? Because they're giving the weapons and the funding so that Zelensky can simply pull the trigger. Ukraine will never win this war, and the U.S. will be bankrupt in the process. That is what we know for sure. Thank you for watching. Thank you for listening. I'm Liz Wheeler. This is The Liz Wheeler Show. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Forward, by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.